five of the high school football season is upon us. It is the TD Club. I am Sean Curtis at Sean Curtis 430. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Mike Mastovich, at Masty81 on Twitter. Week four was fun. Week four had a, an absolute banger of a game. Let's just go right into it. Richland at Bedford, just another great game played by those two teams. One score, drama to the end, and Bedford comes up on top once again. Yeah, awesome game. Uh, well played by both teams. Really, you know, can't complain about the effort on either squad. Uh, I happened to actually cover the game by walking the sidelines on the home sideline with Bedford because the there was so much media interest that the press box was totally full. There was a, a live TV coverage. So walking the sideline, you get to see some things that maybe uh, and hear some things that you, you don't always hear uh, when you're in the press box. So it was a pretty neat perspective, and both of those uh, teams really had it going in that game. Bedford came up with some huge defensive plays. Richland, as you said, there was one second on the clock. The Rams were moving right down the field with a potential game-tying touchdown because they were trailing by eight. They needed a TD and a two-point conversion. Moved right down the field, got to the Bedford five, and they were running the ball really well, but here they had used all their timeouts. Clock was winding. It was under a minute. So they ran one ball up to the uh, no gain at the five. They were forced to pass three passes after that. They ran uh, three fades to the corner of the end zone, and each one was um, incomplete. Bedford's uh, Kevin Ressler with a, a big uh, bat away on the last pass of the game with one second left. Time ran out when he hit the ball. And uh, earlier in, in the game, Josiah Wyant and Zach Vent on the uh, defensive line came up with some huge sacks. Bisons played great defense, win that ball game 21 to 13. Richland, uh, as they say, nothing to be ashamed of. The Rams just uh, great effort, uh, back and forth game, and they're right there till the end. And now uh, Bedford 4 and 0, Richland 3 and 1. Both teams are going to be fine. I, I think both teams are going to be uh, lifting hardware at the end of the year. Maybe not LHAC hardware for Richland, unless that demolition derby up top just gets really topsy turvy. Uh, a game in the West Pack that proved to be very intriguing last week. North Star at Portage. Portage won 23-12. And it was a case where special teams played a big role for Portage. There were some plays that really helped the Mustangs out. Penalties weren't exactly on North Star's side, which really cut down on what was actually a very good effort by North Star after losing 58-6 to Winber in Week 3. And Portage went up 20 to nothing. North Star battled back. This was one of those games, if you're interested in the fortunes of North Star, this was very encouraging. If you're interested in the for fortunes of Portage, you're happy to get out with a win. Yeah, definitely a, a tough one there. And, and Portage has to maintain pace because Wimber's been rolling along and uh, the Mustangs come up. It, it wasn't a very one-sided win, but uh, all that matters at the end was the W, and uh, I'm sure the Mustangs are happy with that. I think if you're a North Star, especially after going down 20 to nothing to battle back and be within two scores, I think that was a big step up for the Cougars. And, you know, it'll be fun to see what they can do with the rest of their schedule. Northern Cambria, Conemaugh Valley. We touched on this one last week. Somebody had to get a win, and it was Conemaugh Valley. And Conemaugh Valley made it count. Yeah, it was uh, interesting. One of those uh, at Thomas Usick Stadium on a hot Saturday afternoon, they always say weird things happen in that scenario. And Connemal Valley falls behind 14 to nothing, two touchdowns. 
in this game, uh, battles back to within 14-12 at halftime, and they ended up scoring 37 unanswered points with uh, a real rally in the second half to win that game, 37-14. Uh, Logan Kent, the running back, 269 rushing yards, five touchdowns. He has just been uh, phenomenal this year. He's, he's up to uh, 552 rushing yards, and, and they had a game canceled because of COVID. So uh, those are some pretty impressive numbers. But for the Blue Jays, they, they were seeking that win. They felt like they had a couple tough losses against some pretty elite competition. Everybody's been saying this year that the Connemore Valley is going to be a pretty solid team, and they had a winless record to show for it and won COVID cancellation. So this is kind of uh, – you know, gets gets them back on track. Penn Cambria was at Somerset. Penn Cambria came away with a very convincing victory. They're still unbeaten. And Garrett Harold just continues to put up just absurd numbers. 389 yards of total offense against the Golden Eagles in Week 4. He rushed for 166, passed for 223 more, had a hand in all six Penn Cambria touchdowns. Is there anything he can't do? Man, the guy's just been phenomenal, a three-year starter. Uh, he's, he's As of right now, there's a few schools I don't have their stats yet, but I, as of right now, he's leading the area in rushing with 589 yards on 58 carries, and he's in the top three in passing with 723 passing yards, completing 45 of 76. So the guy is just uh, getting it done. Uh, Coach Felix, when I talked to him last week, talked about uh, how much confidence his players are getting, and it's because of the quarterback. They feel like uh, you know he's going to lead them. Penn Cambria defensively, yeah, we're not going to ignore the defense. Four turnovers forced. Two cut down two very promising Somerset drives late in the first half. And Somerset actually had the score tied. They just couldn't keep up. And I think that is a case of Somerset just being behind it. They lost their first game because of COVID issues. They still had guys that are still trying to get themselves worked back into football shape after missing some time because of COVID. And, you know, that's where a team like Somerset that is showing a lot of inexperience, that's where it hurts a little bit, just not being able to get out every Friday. Yeah, and it's hard to, to catch up after you've had that kind of setback. And, uh, you know, everybody could say COVID, you know, the past two seasons has just been – you know, created uh, havoc throughout everybody's schedule. And uh, that's just one of the things everybody's having to deal with. Coach Brian Basile, he's uh, had experience uh, dealing with this, and he's trying to put him on the on the right uh, direction, and we'll see what happens uh, this week. More week four action. Black Lake Valley was at Myersdale. Black Lake Valley was a winner at Myersdale. First one of the year in a battle of uh, two winless squads. And this one, I'm going to let you handle this name. Yeah, so – uh, I called Rich Price. I said, Rich, I'm, I'm uh, the Blacklick coach. I said, I'm the guy that always has to spell everything right. And this is a tough name to spell. But I said, I'm going to be on a podcast, so I need to make sure I pronounce it right. And he said, okay. And uh, the, the uh, young player's name is Colton Shimshock, who had six touchdowns, 450 all-purpose yards, uh, obviously a key role in Blacklick Valley's 39-21 win at Myersdale. And anybody that you know, travels to Myersdale. It is a road trip uh, from downtown Johnstown, let alone from Nanny Glow. So uh, that, that's an impressive way to get into the win column for the Vikings. Forest Hills was a Bishop Guilfoyle. This is a Saturday night game at Mansion Park. And such a heartbreaking loss for Forest Hills. Forest Hills is right there. But 
this is still a Bishop Guilfoyle team that isn't ready to give up that spot just yet. And, I mean, here comes a situation. There was a turnover late in the fourth quarter, led to the eventual game-winning drive. Carson Keysweater ran it in from the one. He had a 26-yard run earlier in that drive. Devin Wyatt added the PAT that actually provided that difference in that 16 or 17-16 final. And it hurts if you're a Forest Hills guy because Damon Crawley balled out once again. 219 total yards on offense. Here's another guy that just I, – I don't want to say he does it all for Forest Hills, but he's definitely the key cog in that engine. Yeah, he's making so many things happen. Uh, his work in the rushing game is unreal. Uh, he's He's been a leader on this offense for the past two years, had over 1,000 yards last season. And he, he's just one of those guys Coach Myers can count on. And uh, so close, it's got to be frustrating because now they're – uh, one and three, and uh, played well enough to be at least two and two, and uh, you know you got to shake this off and come back and and try to get that next W. We had two milestone wins last week, one of a coach in the area, one who is a a graduate of a former area high school, uh, Max Shoemaker at Chestnut Ridge, two hundredth career victory. He got it against Bishop McCourt on Friday. I two hundred wins. You don't see that very often. Nowadays, yeah, Max, uh, testament to his longevity. Uh, a big chunk of those wins came when he was coaching Bedford. I, it took me a long time to get used to Max not being the Bedford guy. He was on an undefeated Bedford team as a player in the mid '70s, and uh, he coached the Bisons after Dean McGee, who was a legend out there, retired in the late '80s or early '90s. And Max was at Bedford for quite a while. Had a lot of success. They always had those great battles. Uh, District 5 against District 6, Bedford against Forest Hills. And then uh, I believe he got an administrative job and, and he ended up uh, taking the head coach job at Chestnut Ridge. He's just done a phenomenal job at Ridge. Uh, early in his tenure at Ridge, he had to contend a lot with um, not being in a conference, traveling everywhere, trying to schedule games. I remember them playing in Maryland and all oh, the corners. picking up schools like Burke's Catholic. All the corners of our state here, yes. So Max, uh, 200 wins. He's he's been around. He's made two programs into, uh, you know, not only respectable but winners that everybody they know when they're going to play Chestnut Ridge or in the old days when they were going to play Max's Bedford teams, they know they're going to be in for a tough game. And Greg Page at Homer Center got his hundredth career victory. This one was against West Shemokin, and Greg Page, a Laurel Valley graduate. Uh, son of Jerry Page, who had 206 career wins at Laurel Valley. He retired in 2008. So it, it's kind of a chip off the old block thing. But Greg does things a little different than his dad. There, there's, there's some modern looks to that offense. But, like, there are still sometimes you can look at a Homer Center offense and just go, there's that Jerry Page, Laurel Valley influence. Yeah, Greg, that's uh, just great, uh, great pedigree, I guess, because uh, Jerry, class act, a winner, winning the right way. Greg, I, I think you can say pretty much the same things. Uh, he had that team in the state final a few years back and uh, had a great run in recent years with uh, the, the young man Schmidt, at quarterback, who graduated last year after it seemed like he'd been there forever. And uh, they, they've, uh, you know, hardly missed a beat, you know, filling in for the guys who graduated. They got a great, uh, as often is a page trademark, a great line. So, uh, there's a guy I expect uh, 100 uh, sooner sooner than later will eventually be uh, 200 wins. 
And, you know, also, I mean, we're missing stout defense, you know, a trademark of any page coach team. And, you know, Homer Center definitely has that this year. Uh, let's Okay, let's look into the future. Let's look into week five because there's a big one. Here's another battle of the unbeatens in the Laurel Highlands Athletic Conference. This time it's Penn Cambria and Central. Both teams 4-0. Both teams looking very, very strong. Yeah, the game is at Central. Uh, both of these guys, and we talked about this before, uh, when they, the preseason coaches poll came out that the Tribune did, uh, you know, a lot of people were talking Bedford and Richland. These were two teams that were right in that top tier, but a little bit less chatter about them. And here they are, both 4-0, both with some great wins. Both of these teams statistically doing big things uh, individually and team-wise. So it, it's one of those games uh, – Everybody's looking forward to this one now, and after uh, after this week, a lot of people are going to know uh, where this conference stands a, a lot more clearer than than today. Uh, just looking at Central, the the junior quarterback Jeff Hohenstein, 61 of 84 for 1,070 passing yards, 19 passing touchdowns, and only one interception through four weeks. That's that's a season for a lot of people there. He, uh, obviously, he has a great line and a great receiving core, and uh, They've also run for 711 yards, so you got a little bit of a compliment there. And uh, Penn Cambria, we've talked about Garrett Harold and uh, Zach Grove with the ground game for the Panthers. So this is looking like a great, great matchup. West Shemokin is a Cambria Heights, a big matchup in the Heritage Conference because West Shemokin at two and one right now. Cambria Heights unbeaten at four and zero, and Cambria Heights has a great opportunity to bury one of the teams that was expected to challenge for the Heritage title if it wasn't going to be the Highlanders. Yeah, and Heights uh, living up to expectations through four weeks, kind of just rambling through there. And uh, as you said, West Shemokin, uh, one of their games was uh, taken by COVID, so they, they had that wrench thrown in their schedule. They, they, have, uh, they have played tough, and uh, it will be interesting to see how this one turns out. Uh, you know, another chance for Cambria Heights just to show why they've been picked number one, and, you know, obviously West Shemokin looked to pull off the upset. Bo Swartz is leading that West Shemokin offense. Much more efficient in the air than on the ground. Uh, according to stats that are posted online, Lou Swartz uh, is the key target uh, when they go to the air, so may the Swartz be with you. A little uh, space balls of reference for, uh, you know, for uh, some of the people around my age, around Mike's age. Yep. Uh, Cambria Heights, though, they are here to grind you down. Uh, they've picked up 922 yards on the ground to 250 passing yards. Uh if it's not Ryan Holiska running the ball for Cambry Heights, it's going to be Ty Stockley, and they're both good at it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Holiska has just done done a little bit of everything, uh, 333 yards on, on the ground. Seems to find that end zone, you know, with regularity. And um, I just got to credit their line, too, because they seem to be able to just establish themselves and take control of games. Another little tidbit, uh, Cambria Heights has not allowed a point since week one. Yeah, it's uh, difficult to lose when that happens. Richland is playing Bishop McCourt Catholic. That game is going to be at Trojan Stadium at Greater Johnstown High. And it's going to be a bounce-back effort for Richland, and it's going to be against a Bishop McCourt team that eh, maybe doesn't want that to happen at their expense. Yeah, and this is a game, uh, as we've talked throughout the season, Bishop McCourt, every home game, they're uh, trying to figure out where they're going to be playing because of uh, Sargent Stadium at the points situation with the turf and the uh, COVID impact and the work there. So uh, last week, uh, McCord had a home game, and it was played at Shade. 
this week it'll be Trojan Stadium. And uh, not the most ideal thing to have to face a Richland team that's going to be uh, you know, angry and, and uh, ready to, to set things straight after uh, suffering that tough loss at Bedford. So um, extra motivation for the Rams. The uh, Crimson Crushers are looking to try to turn things around and, and get back in that win column. Uh, haven't won since week two. So Richland, uh, we talked so much about the weapons they have, and they were in full force against Bedford, even though there was a loss. They, they had some great running, Evan McCracken and uh, Graydon Lewis. Of course, you got Kellen Stahl. He passed for over 100 yards in that game, and he does some great things running that offense and, and uh, gaining yardage on the ground. And the Rams' defense was tough against a very good uh, Bedford squad. So that'll be a test for Bishop McCourt, which Tristan Forneri, the quarterback there, has made a lot of things happen throughout this season. So United's going to take the trip up to Northern Cambria on Friday. And here's another case. Somebody's got to win a football game. And it's either going to be the Lions or it's either going to be the Colts. Uh, things aren't looking great at United. Uh, they haven't scored a point since week one when they lost 49-8 to River Valley. And... It's not a trademark of the Kevin Maravito offense to throw the ball a whole lot, but through four games, they the Lions have passed for 56 yards, which doesn't really strike well. Northern Cambria, though, has shown some sparks. They played Purchase Line tight. Purchase Line, one of the teams expected to be near the top of the Heritage Conference this year. They, they jumped out to that lead last week at Connemaw Valley before eventually faltering. So the... the, the, the the thinking might be Northern Cambria, but it's also one of those cases where United springing up and pulling off the road win, I it would be a surprise, I think, but I don't think it would be a total shocker. Yeah, Kevin Marabito, a great coach. Uh, he has pulled off some, in my years here, he's pulled off some major uh, upsets. He does a great job with... Uh, with whatever team he's coaching. I know they've uh, had to contend with some low numbers and injuries over the past few years. So uh, they're they're looking to get on the right track. Caden McCauley has uh, been a, a good player for them. Uh, I, I see him every week when I'm doing the stats coming up on the defensive side. So uh, they'll need another big effort uh, from guys like him. And, of course, as you said, Northern Cambria, 14-0 lead last week, and then things just went awry. So you've seen some sparks from the Colts. They're playing at home. And uh, last year they had a streaky season where they won the first four and, and, and then lost the last four. So you never know if uh, maybe they can find that gear and start uh, going in the opposite direction. So let's end this portion on a positive. We're going to shout out our seven area teams that are still undefeated through four weeks. So we got Cambria Heights of 4-0 in the Heritage Conference. In the Laurel Highlands Conference, we talked about Bedford of 4-0, Penn Cambria is 4-0, Portage, Winbur, Berlin, Brothers Valley, all sporting 4-0 records right now in the West Pack, and then Ligonier Valley in District 7 is 4-0, and they've got Carrick coming up on Friday. Uh, that'll be their last non-section game before diving into a pretty competitive Class 2A Section 1 in District 7. So we, And then also River Valley. 3-0, Central 4-0, and, you know, Sarah Catholic and Steel Valley in that uh, D7 Section 1 in Class 2A. So a lot, of, a lot of zeros in the loss column if you looked at Saturday's edition of Saturday Sports. So 
good football is still here. Definitely, without a doubt. Um, we're fortunate to have uh, such such a strong presence in our area, and it always shows in the postseason. Once you get into the state playoffs, uh, it always seems like one or two of our teams are hanging around late in those postseason uh, playoff brackets, Thanksgiving weekend and beyond into December sometimes. So uh, we've been fortunate uh, to have a great run over the last decade plus. All right, so we recorded this uh, a little earlier in the week than when we normally do, but Mike's got some numbers. Mike did some stats uh, as he compiles every week. So, uh, Mike, you got numbers. What do you got for me? Well, as we mentioned, Garrett Harold, uh, his numbers, he's near the top of rushing and passing. But uh, Johnny Schuster of Wimber, the guy everybody expected uh, to have yet another great year. He's been playing phenomenal you know, throughout his whole career. He has uh, rushed for 566 yards. The thing I noticed about him is he's done that on 42 carries because they've been in so many blowouts. He's, he's not uh, getting as many carries because he's not needed. Uh, in the end of those one-sided games. Then Logan Kent, as we mentioned, 552 yards is right there. He has 83 carries. That's in uh, three week, three games because they lost in one game to COVID. Then uh, Portage's Oren Heidler with 392 yards and Hobbs Deal, who missed a game due to injuries at 363. Then receiving Jackson Byer, Connell Township continues to have a big year, 27 catches, 463 yards. Berlin's Ryan Blue Ball, 24 catches, 405 yards. Then passing Tanner Shirley, Economal Township, 837 passing yards. Kellen Stahl at 731. Uh, Nate Wysong at Chestnut Ridge, 712. And we had mentioned Garrett Harold, how well he's done. And then just to throw out a little love to the defense, uh, Nathan Schilling of Blacklick Valley, he was an all-state guy last year. He's leading the area with 51 stops. Zach Eckenrode of Penn Cambria with 49 tackles. And then Sachs, Jacob Hay of Ligonier with six, Jordan Nichols of Richland, and Billy Sugden of Ligonier with five sacks apiece. Big numbers, I, but that's always the case. I, we Statistically, we've always had the big standouts across the board, and it's usually very spread out throughout the region. So it's always one thing to just follow along every year with the stat reports is to just see those numbers grow and to see – you know, which guys can turn it on later in the year. And then also, you know, which guys can get it done in the postseason and just stack numbers on top of numbers. Yeah, yeah. We've had uh, some guys that have, have done that, especially out of the uh, quarterback spot uh, and the linebacker spot in recent years. Just some of those guys uh, from the Ligonier teams and Berlin teams and Richland teams and uh, just United a couple years back. I mean, there there's – We've just been fortunate. I also got to give a shout out to all these coaches and their stat guys who um, make sure that I get these updated stats and then I compile them. Uh, usually everybody has them by Monday except for maybe four or five teams. I usually get those by Tuesday or Wednesday and then we run them in Thursday's paper. So I got to give a thanks to everybody for uh, keeping those stats going. And we're not calling anybody out. Don't worry. <laughs> all right, Mike. Uh, you've got the big one this week. Uh, you've got uh, Penn Cambria Central. Uh, we, we talked about that before, but a, this is around the time of the year where just you just have those big games every week. And here we are getting into that cluster of games, especially in the Laurel Highlands Conference. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, for us, a long road trip. I just looked at Google Maps and uh, saw it's like an hour and one minute, and 
uh, 40 plus miles one way. So John Rakoski, uh, our photographer and uh, the guy I travel with so much, uh, he and I will be heading over, uh, I guess over the mountains, an accurate phrase, and uh, covering another big game. You know, Mike, you can just listen to this podcast four times on the way down and on the way back. There you go. That's uh, That'll pass the time. I'm, I'll have to ask John. We usually, uh, we usually try to listen to some some different kind of music every time we're going down there. We pick out a genre and, uh, you know, just chill out. <laughs> uh, for anybody who doesn't know our photographer, John Rakoski, he's a talented musician. He's in a band. Uh, so he's a man who knows music. He's a man who loves music. And he... Hasn't you know? He has turned me on to some stuff that I just never thought that I would say. Yeah, I kind of dig this. Yeah, yeah, it uh, happens all the time. And then uh, you know, uh, I'm a vinyl record freak, so like every once in a while, we um, you know I'll show them the records that I bought at George's Song Shop, and uh, we'll chat about those. And then uh, you know he'll turn me on to some of the digital things. And uh, you know, for the road trips, especially during basketball season, it really is helpful. All right, Mike, I. I think we're good. I think we've uh, sufficiently looked at week four. We've looked at week five. It's going to be another big week. Talk about music. I, 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 I hate overusing that phrase, but they're just all big weeks. Yep. And we'll be uh, we'll be there to cover it and put out the tab. So for Mike Mastovich at Masty81, I am Sean Curtis at Sean Curtis 430 thanking you for listening to another episode of the TD Club. And congratulations. You have made it to the end.